You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. All right, you ready? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were recording. <laughs> I, hit, I hit it. I didn't hit it. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Message with Jason and Chris. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, Mr. Baker had a a work emergency meeting, so he can't join us uh, this afternoon. Uh, So I'm here, Chris is here, and my kids are screaming at each other in the youth room (laughs) playing ping pong. Um, I went in there to check on them. Judah was crying on the couch. Oh no. And they, they've been threatened. Uh, they've been, I told them they can get something, yeah. a snack if they behave, but we'll see. So Where are they at on that scale? Then? Yeah. Judah said <laughs> Ezra hit him in the face with a basketball. And I'm like, one, I don't know where y'all got a basketball. But I was like, well, why don't you apologize to Judah? He's like, sorry. I'm like, oh. Man, these kids, these kids. So if we're interrupted, that that is why we will be interrupted. Um, Corey's at a work meeting, so I've got these kids with me today. Um, all right, let's start. Um, since this whole whole study series is called "I Need Thee Every Hour," uh, we only got one more week left after this one. Um, so, "I Need Thee Every Hour" is a hymn. Yep. What's your favorite hymn? What do you think? Is it I Need Thee Every Hour? No. Oh. Now here lately it's been Be Thou My Vision. Be Thou My Vision. Mm-hmm. I like the cadence and it just sounds cool. Yeah. By who? The Petersons. Is I was the one going to want it. They're, um, I'll have to send you an album. They have an album that I came out with last year that's probably listen to it they've got like it's amazing grace on it um it's pretty good yeah yeah that is a good one that's a really good i like it yep mine is uh come thou fount that's a good one that's a good one i like, I like that. that um you ever heard of a guy named sufian stevens that sounds familiar but i don't know no yeah. i don't say no he's not like a. I wouldn't say he's like a christian artist at all but um He's got a version of Come Thou Fount that's kind of strange and different. It's mm. good. So there it is. Um, all right. That's all the time we have. Um, hope that was helpful for everyone. Um, no, but I like that. I, and those lyrics, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above is it's my favorite lyrics in a hymn it's so good so i love when we sing that on on a sunday you hear them yelling at each other i bet it's i bet the mic is picking Um, up all of it but that's all right all right so the past i guess the first two sundays of Mm -hmm. this uh study we were in matthew and then we went to uh, luke's gospel this past sunday so luke 10 38 through 42 we've been continuing to answer this question why shouldn't we be so anxious? Um, I only had one point in the notes.
for Sunday. It's because there's only one thing that is necessary in this life. So this whole narrative is the story where Jesus visits Mary and Martha, um, and Mary's the one that is sitting at the Lord's feet and listening, continually listening to the words of Jesus. And Martha is busy just doing the normal things as a, as a hostess, and um, she gets mad at Mary for um, not doing anything. Yeah. Don't you love... I've never... I, for whatever reason, I never picked that up. Like, Martha doesn't go and say, Mary, can you help me? She, she like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, right in front of Mary. She thinks she's right. Yeah, she thinks right she's... in front of Mary. She's yeah. like, you know, it's just such a sibling move, man. Like, siblings, they're just petty, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so then I had, um, well, we'll get there. Sorry, I guess we do have some questions leading up to that. I'm jumping the gun here. So for you, Chris, what yeah. is the one thing that's necessary? Straight from the sermon on Sunday, oh, man. you said to sit at the feet of Jesus and continually listen to his word. Yeah. And I have some, a lot of scripture here that I'm going to run through real quick, of course. Uh, you got Psalm 63, uh, 7 and 8 says, For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Uh, Psalm one nineteen twenty. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Uh, Psalm 84, 2. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Uh, Matthew 4, 4, uh, this is Jesus answering uh, when he's being tempted. He said, "Be," but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm. Uh, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And finally, I have John 14, 6 that said, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Those are all good verses. Maybe I should have quoted some of them yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> Those are great cross-references. Um, yeah, that, that idea. And, and it's literally in, in that narrative. It, it's his word. They're, Mary's listening to his word, and she's mm-hmm. listening continually and I think that's the emphasis um, Luke is trying to make in, in the text there so um, yep that's the one thing that's necessary and we're, we're gonna keep talking about that here in a minute but we'll just skip, we're gonna skip all the Baker okay. questions all right yeah. that's fine so so Jason Payne if you ever wonder question? well oh. if, if you if you're like what did Jason Baker have to say yeah. Corner him. Yeah. When you see him corner him, <laughs> say, Tell me all your wisdom that yeah. you had written down that you couldn't share. I know. So, yeah. All right. First question for you then. Uh, can we can we ever study the Bible too much? Um I do want I do want to answer that question because I, I think it is when you hear this passage, you're like, Well, if I take that literally, does that mean like I'm just 
should I always be reading my Bible? And I would say, well, yeah. <laughs> but let me let me put some parameters around that. If the yeah. Bible is the only thing that you have time to read, um, then you absolutely can't ever study the Bible too much. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's, you're like, I got too much going on, um, but I can read the Bible. Um, you're never going to study the Bible too much. Um, and as we've already discussed, that is, that's the one primary necessary thing of your life. So if you don't read any books, like books aren't your thing, then read your Bible um, or listen to your Bible. And I, I've been telling, it might have been yesterday um, or at least some point this week, telling people that it's okay to listen to your Bible. If you've yeah. got a lot going on, and yeah. you got just hit play on the app, the Bible app. You've got a hundred different ways to to consume God's word. So there's that. However, I am convinced uh, that that many of our t- temporary mental and maybe even situational problems can be resolved if we would just read more books. So mm-hmm. if you have time and you a lot of us should make time to read more books. Um, you should not, not the Bible alone. Um, so read books that calm your mind, uh, read books that give you an, a greater understanding of the Bible, uh, read books that, that keep you from repeating history. So obviously a lot of those are nonfiction books, read books that grow your empathy toward others. That's a big thing. Um, I've noticed as I've been reading, like there's nothing like stories that will give you a better perspective of just humanity and how you treat other people. Um, so I would say I'm a far healthier person um, when I just read more books. So um, yeah, of course, there's plenty of books you shouldn't read out there, but... <laughs> You know, I don't think that's what most people are struggling with. So if you don't have time to read anything, read the Bible. Um, and if you need to make, if you should make more time to read plenty of books, then read plenty of books. So is that helpful at all? That makes sense at all? Okay. Basically read. People should be reading more. And they should be reading more books, not the news. <laughs> all right. So um, it's kind of a... Um, a surprise on Sunday. There was a whole lot of blanks and one one point, and I said, that's not going to happen. I got more points for you. And as Chris knows, the same thing will happen this Sunday. There's, I'll give you point seven, but you got more points coming. Mm. Um, so for this past Sunday, we looked at three values to approach God's Word, and a lot of that was rooted in what I mentioned that, and I've heard it before, it's not like I came up with it, but that you have just enough time to do what you value. Yeah. Um, and if you are telling me, you know what, I've just been so busy, I just don't have time to read the Bible, I would say, you're a liar. <laughs> um, you don't value being in God's Word. They just say it like that. Don't, I mean, don't sugarcoat it. I know we've all been there, and those are things that you have to confess. But, yeah, you just don't value it. If you're mm. not in God's word, um, so um, so we talked about through that and three values to approach God's word. Yep. I listed three in the message. So letter A: value teaching over entertainment. Ooh. 
Chris. Scandalous. Scandalous. I don't think I don't think this Sunday sounds as scandalous. But why do you think people want to be entertained so much when they come to church? All right. Well, I think our society in general wants to be entertained at all times. Yes. Have anymore. you ever read? You probably won't mention it, but um, that book, uh, "Amusing Ourselves to Death." No. It's an older book, but it was very prophetic for yeah. our age. Yeah, go ahead, sir. So, no. Um, I think, in general, society wants to be entertained at all times. Um, society wants instant self-gratification. I mean, you know, all these shows and movies are on demand, so yeah. we want it immediately. Not only do we want to be entertained, but we want to be entertained immediately. Um, so, like most things in the world, I think these things just eventually carry over into the church. I'm super convinced that we're turning into the movie have you seen wally oh yeah like we're all riding around in yeah. these yeah. chairs and have these screens um i think that's yeah um we want to be entertained all the time but it's important what you said on sunday is once you entertain them though you're always going to have to entertain them uh, to keep them coming back yeah yeah i'd say two things on on that because to your point our culture has conditioned us to consume anything in this way. Yeah. So it makes sense that like if you've been conditioned to do that, that you're going to by default carry that over into to church life, mm-hmm. whether it's right or wrong. Um, and I, I really struggled with this in student ministry because student ministry, just the history of, of youth ministry in America with, I mean, that's, that's what it was built off of was entertainment with, um, youth for Christ and like the 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 youth ministry model of invite all your friends, play some fun games, eat some pizza. preach, eat, <laughs> feed them, preach the gospel is rooted. It's not like that's five ten years ago. That's that was how youth ministry was born as we know it. Yeah. So it's very difficult to to push against that culture and say, well, what does it mean to actually teach teenagers the Bible? What does it mean for parents to disciple their own teenage children? All of that felt like I was swimming upstream mm-hmm. as a youth pastor, um, because that's I felt like, man, if you if I could get, I would tell people, I can get kids to come to youth group. Yeah, I mean, just just feed them a ton of food and do fun <laughs> things. They will they will come. And but even then, I think that 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 became difficult in an over-entertained culture. I was like, they're not going to come to your fun thing at youth group when they can stay in their room yeah. and be online and play video games and do play with their smartphones. They don't need to go somewhere to be entertained. Yep. So it changed everything um, with that. So it, it it is something that the church is struggling with um, in, I'd say, youth ministry is learning how to grow up, yeah. um, and I don't have clear answers for that. That's why I quit. Just I was like, I'll just be, <laughs> I'll be a lead pastor. Let, let the adult. next generation figure that out. So it's tough. It's very tough. Good. Um, next one's for you. Is it wrong for the church to be boring? <laughs> well, remember. Hey, I'm sure you've heard it. It's a sin to bore people with the Bible. You ever heard of that one? <laughs> no, I've you've never, not heard I've that? I've never heard oh, that. I've heard that repeatedly. 
Um, really, I mean, probably from both sides hmm. of of opinion. I've heard that a lot. It's a sin to bore people with the Bible. But let me first state what I say in the message because I'll, I'll build off of that. People think church is boring for two reasons, primary reasons at least. Um, either the Bible is not fully taught, mm-hmm. and that can be boring. If, you, if church, Sunday morning, if all of that is just telling stories, self-help, that can be boring. It gets old. I promise you it gets old. I've been in those churches where it seems fun at first, and you're like, all right, are we going to do anything else? Like, are you going to teach us anything? <laughs> It does get old if you're not teaching the full Bible. Um, but I also think it's because they came to be entertained and certainly not to learn. So I'm, let me give a practical example. Um, pastor Bob uh, was a pastor in our last church. He would teach for a solid 45 to 50 minutes most Sundays. Um, and I'd say probably still kind of within that range um, at times. And if you came in there to listen to a great speech, you're going to be disappointed. Um, He's not going to tell a hundred stories. He's not going to shout and move across the stage. He's going to teach the Bible. Um, And if you sit there without being engaged, it's it's an incredibly boring experience. Mm -hmm. It really is. Uh, Like if you come... But if you come with the mentality uh, to to understand the Bible, uh, maybe if you're taking your notes, like if that's your thing, prepare to take notes. That's some of the best teaching that's out there. Um, so that's why, personally, like I don't I don't shout during my messages. I, hopefully, I'm trying to get better, being more passionate and showing that. But if I have to shout for 30 minutes to get your attention, then something's not going well. Um, so again, um, I, I still have listened to boring Bible teaching. I don't know about you, but... And I have listened to boring Bible teaching from godly men that are trying faithfully to teach and explain the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they know what they're talking about. So... Here's why I think it can be wrong for a church to be boring. If you can't show people the so what, you aren't teaching anything. Um, hmm. If I'm not showing people why they should care what the Bible says, I'm not faithfully teaching the Bible. The, you, you have to show people the so what, or they can just go home and read a commentary on their own. Hmm. Um, they don't need to listen to you. And I think every serious young Bible teacher struggles in this area. Um, it's something I've continued to grow in. Um, and youth ministry has helped me a lot when over the years when I was in that. Um, it's, it's not enough just to type a very accurate Bible message. You should. But if you can't think through as a youth pastor, why do a bunch of teenagers just care what you just said? I mean, they've got parents, mm-hmm. like high school, junior high, high school is incredibly difficult, especially now. It's not the same as when you and I were there. These kids have the internet with them all the time. Yeah. Um, it's not the same. And 
there's different kinds of pressures they have put on and there's parents that are getting divorced and single families and it's just if you can't teach that and show them why they should care about something in the old testament you've you've failed same on sunday morning um that has to be thinking through my mind of like i think through the congregation when i type the message whether they realize that or not or i mean i'm thinking through like people are dealing with real things yeah if i just get up there and say a bunch of true things like the devil can get up there and share a bunch of true things right Mm -hmm. he knows theology better than me um but to be able to to share it from a place of the holy spirit and this is how it could actually impact your life the so what that's where the bible is actually not well it's not so boring um that's tough. I'm not saying it's easy. It's <laughs> it's tough, especially with certain passages that we have to teach through. Like I read through some things, especially when we've been going through First Samuel, and you're like, "Wow, well, that's great, but like, why is anyone gonna care about this?" Um, and I think that maybe I have to ask the question: Why do I care about this? <laughs> so, yeah, if you can't show the so what, there is a danger of 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 church and being boring so but all right letter b value listening over speaking how does self-talk and anxiety go together chris Mm, let me start out by defining self-talk self-talk refers to the inner dialogue or thoughts that we may have about ourselves Um, negative self-talk amplifies anxiety Um, individuals with anxiety tend to engage in negative self-talk where they constantly doubt themselves. They anticipate worst case scenarios or um, criticize their abilities. This negative talk can intensify feelings of fear and worry. We're therefore increasing anxiety symptoms in ourselves. Um, It's important, I think, to recognize and address negative self-talk as a step to reducing anxiety uh, and, and enhancing well-being. And also on a side note, I am not a medical professional. Yeah. So. What? I'm yeah. a question for you, though. Yeah. Do you, like, when there's conflict in your life, do you have a lot of fake conversations with these people in your mind? During or before and after? Before and before after. Before and after, yeah. I don't know. Usually it doesn't creep in during. Like I, no, if I, no. Like if right. I say something, I'll think, well, how could I have handled that differently? And then I'll run like a gazillion different scenarios. Yeah, in my I do head. wonder, like, how normal is that? Yeah. Because um, especially with the age of the internet, you, you begin to find out, you're like, oh, we're all crazy. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> you, you think, like, it's only you. And yeah. then you hear from all these people around the world, and you're like, oh, you do it too. Like, uh, yeah, but. <laughs> but I, especially when when we first moved here, and you know, they're just trying to work through conflict, church conflict, and stuff. I was just playing, hitting play on all these thousand variables yeah. of fake conversations. And the, I, I will say yeah. that there is a component of that that's really healthy. It does make you it it does make you a more prepared person. 
um, because you've thought through scenarios in your mind and you thought through this could be the best one. Let's go with this. Um, the overly anxious person never picks one and they just think all of these are going to be bad. (laughs) And then you, you go through it and then you replay regret those same conversations in, in a different, I think that's probably the worst for me is I play those conversations after the fact. Yeah. What could I have? Yeah, I do that a lot. But again, you know, some of that can still be healthy. Um, but the point of, of that is like, there's no anxiety that comes in your life, even if it's just full blown physical anxiety, like a medical anxiety without self-talk attached to it. So if you can reduce that self-talk to being reminded of God's word, that physical, even medical anxiety might still be there, but you're not pouring that gasoline on yep. that burning fire. So, is, but again, we're not saying we're medical professionals. Yeah. <laughs> we're giving a biblical perspective yeah. on this. So, yes, sir. All right, moving on. Uh, Jason, when we feel anxious, how can we practically listen to the Word of God? So, I, I did want to give something practical in this too because I felt that when I was doing going through point the letter B on Sunday where it was just like if you're anxious read your Bible and you're like yeah but what does that mean like I'm sure people are trying so I would say this first recognize if that it is anxiety there's been sometimes even recently I've noticed like I didn't even realize I was anxious until I started to become self-destructive and I had to step back and be like, oh, that's, I, I'm dealing with some sort of anxiousness in me. If you can deal with it, like recognize it then, then you can start making healthier decisions mm-hmm. rather than saying, find yourself in something self-destructive and you're like, why did I do that? It's because you're anxious. <laughs> Trying to just recognize your problem so you have a, at least begin to make a healthy decision with that second i'd say create healthy habits of reading god's word it's it's that preparation if you're just waiting to make a healthy decision without being prepared to do that you fail quite often but if you have a daily habit of being in god's word um you you are more likely to pick something healthier a healthier coping mechanism Third, I'd say know where to turn in the Bible. Mm. Uh, maybe even memorize some passages that help you with anxiety. I, I might even bring up a very specific passage on Sunday. Um, but where should you turn? Look, we, When we say look to the promises of God, when you feel anxious, remind yourself of the, prom- the promises of God's Word. Yeah. That doesn't mean I feel anxious and you just flip through the Bible and you're like... Like it's the magic eight ball, and you're like, I hope it gives me something. Um, it's just no kind of nowhere to turn. And I think the easy, like, memorize Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's a pretty easy one if you want to memorize it. Um, so it's, it's be prepared ahead of time um, with that. So, all right. 
value with approaching God's word. C, value obedience over sacrifice. Um, And then we have um, our summary point. Don't be anxious. Sit at the Lord's feet and listen. It's a big question for you, Chris. Yeah. How can anxiety choke out God's word in our life? And let me preface your answer by saying the passage on Sunday. Oh. We'll jump right back into that. But go ahead. Uh, let's see. I got... Let's see. Anxiety um, can get in our thoughts. Um, they can get our thoughts racing in our heads and distract us. Um, they can distract us during our quiet time when we're trying to read God's word. Uh, our thoughts can distract us when we're trying to pray. Um, you know, bringing in issues and he's talking about the scenarios that creep in um, while we're trying to do those things. Um, anxiety can can cause doubt in our lives and and, and cause us not to fully place our trust in God. Um, doubts and fears can overshadow the message of faith and trust um, that the Lord. Um, instills in us uh, anxiety can cause physical symptoms um, and these physical sensations can be overwhelming make it challenging to absorb God's word mm. uh, anxiety can make it difficult to put into practice what we learn from God uh, and his word um, but I will say that overcoming anxiety is possible it may be a long journey um, if it's severe I would I would uh, suggest seeking professional help yeah um, but always just make sure uh, that you, um, you've said this several times that make sure that you're continuing God's word daily. Yeah. You're somehow daily consuming the word of God Absolutely. in your life. Yeah. Those are, um, those are really good. And I think the, all of us will be anxious about something at some point in our life, but there's certainly people I'd say I'm just by nature, one of them can be overly anxious about things in their life. And it always strikes me, like someone told me in the church this week that they don't, you know, that they've been learning and growing through, you know, the study and listening to God's word, but they don't really struggle with anxiety. And I was like, (laughs) and I've heard people say that before, and I'm like, man, I wonder, like these people must be living mentally like that's just must be wonderful but the problem is i'm not the problem but i'm sure they have their own mental demons to work through mm. but um yeah so i'm i'm not saying everyone has this massive struggle but what the point of god's word is is that there can be those these cares of this life whether you're worrying about them or even the riches of this life you're so over consumed with them that it literally chokes God's word out of your life. And if you're looking at that parable, best case scenario, you're not as fruitful as you could have been. Mm-hmm. And I would say what's actually happening is no, you're not a believer at all. So that's worst case scenario, right. if you didn't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it is that serious. But all right, well, these are all good things. And the last question. I know you're shaking your head, but I'm trying to think of something no, that's somewhat related here. I'm not mad at the question. You just struggle with it. Do you struggle with it? Right. I okay, was... all right. Here, and here's my problem, though, because some people come to me, or, and it, I've struggled with it, too. Like You're like, I've, I struggle with anxiety. And you're like, yeah, because you never sleep. 
you know? And I'm like, you've had, if you could just fix that, like if you could just find a way to have better sleep. And I know it's not as easy as that for, for some people, for many reasons, but for a lot of us, we just have incredibly poor habits. And if we would just get more sleep, a lot of that anxiety would yeah. go away. So, that we're done with the normal behind the message stuff. This is the end. What tips would you give someone to get better sleep at night? So my literal answer is that I was going to bow out of this one. Hopefully both of you had answers because nope. I was going to take Baker's notes gone. myself. You know that brother's hurting. He ain't sleeping for a I'm, while. I've never been a good sleeper. Yep. I've, I've, from far back as I can remember. It's gotten a lot better. Um, I mean, I can remember almost going insane some nights not being able to sleep. Yep. I, I mean, at all. Yep. And nothing would help. You get up and walk around the house, you get up, you know, nothing. <laughs> Reading books, nothing. Uh, so, yeah, my hope was that you guys would have some tips Do to you, share with me. But, like I said, it's got a lack of sleep because your mind's racing? Usually. Okay. All right. But not anymore. That doesn't seem to be an issue. I don't know what it is now. Yeah. I don't know. It's Diego, man. Yeah. With his click clacking <laughs> yeah. old feet going through your house. That poor dog. Creeping through the house from sleeping all day. Yep. <laughs> That's what, Arlo almost never does this, but this week it's like two in the morning and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> like just, I don't know what he's doing to his paw. Just chewing on his nails, he, you know. And we, I mean, I'm kicking him in the face. <laughs> We're yelling at him and he'd, he'd stop for like five seconds and then. I'm like, oh, this dog, man, nah. I can't sleep with it. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any tips? I, I mean, I've just what I've heard. I mean, reading. Or you, I've heard reading helps yeah. a lot. Like you're if, just looking for tips here. Yeah, I was looking for <laughs> tips, but from I mean, I've heard things. Yeah. Um, I did hear one recently. I've never like it said to not fight it. To literally get up and like go read it. Now I've never tried that. I've never yeah. tried to. Not fight. Not fight it. But it said, not fight it. Uh, Don't pick up a phone or anything like that. Just go sit and read a book. Yeah. Um, I've heard to keep keep your electronics out of arm's reach. Yeah. Um, Exercise, uh, good diet, stuff like that. Yeah. I'll give my tips. Likewise, man, I've never been a good sleeper. As a kid, um, I never, I never slept like i i'd go in my sister's room and bother her she's six years older than me i'd like just quote word for word disney movies to her (laughs) this is all true man and i remember i stayed at my aunt and uncle's house and they hated it like they two time one time i kept i never slept kept waking my cousin up so they just dragged me out in my sleeping bag in the hallway and i i was like well i'm not sleeping out here it's scary out in the hallway (laughs) And so then there was one the one night I was I was I was doing like a sleepover with my cousin and they um, uh, my uncle put a movie on. This is, I mean this is real late. Put a movie on for me and so I watched a movie and when it was over I went and woke him up. I was like I need another like I need another movie. Fire another one up, <laughs> yep, please. Fire another one up. I'm I'm not tired at all. Let's go. So I never slept as a kid. Never. Um, and uh, so anyways, some things that have been helpful for me. Yes, it has gotten a lot better. Even in the past two years, it's gotten a lot better. Um, this is, 
Again, this isn't like Bible advice. This is just helpful. And if it's helpful for the saints, great. Uh, don't eat late yeah. is a big one, especially as you get older. I, I noticed before it didn't matter so much, but I've noticed even just eating something small a little later, I go to bed fine, but that's going to come up somewhere like three, four in the morning. I get hot and you wake up yeah. and your body's trying to digest this food and you're like, ugh. So don't eat late. Um, go to bed around the same time. This is a new one for me. Get a good pillow. Hmm. All right. So I've remember the elder retreat. I had two giant pillows, and Justin's making fun of me because he has like a trash bag. It just he's like I'm gonna sleep on my stomach like a toddler. But this he's got this like he's like we had to look high and low for this trash bag pillow. <laughs> So he's making fun of me, yeah. but then I, I did, he is right in many ways, because like, it was just messing up my back and neck, and so my PT friend told me to buy like one of those contour pillows, and so it, like one side's raised, and the other side's raised, mm-hmm. but not as much, and the first two nights... I just, I literally, I thought I was suffocating sleeping on this thing. And I hate, I don't know what it was. My body was like, we're not used to this. Yeah. Didn't sleep at all. And now I told him, I said, I love, this is great. Like just having one pillow, sleeping. My neck doesn't hurt when I wake up. It's been great. So get a contour pillow, keep electronics out of the bedroom. You mentioned that. I still don't listen to that all the time, but it is 100% better when I do. Um, I got two more. This is a new one too. Deep breathing and relaxing mm. your muscles really does I've work. I've heard that. I promise. They I've like tried it. Obviously, I I found this when I was like couldn't sleep and I'm googling stuff in the <laughs> middle of the night. That's so I sent a meme. I think I sent it to Travis and Gabe this uh, morning. It's like you go to sleep, but you're laying in bed at 3 a.m. googling like do ghosts have teeth? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I was. <laughs> <laughs> I like I couldn't I couldn't sleep and I and I found it and they were like well this is what the military does which I you know who knows but I literally will just deep breathe and like start to relax muscles um, and your face arms like you just and it I, it really does work it does work it um, and then the big one it is we're going back to Bible. Trust in his promises. I re- mm. That has been helpful for me. Uh, when my mind begins to spiral out of control, I think, what am I? Like, I'm not the Savior mm. of me or anyone else. Like, I can't do anything. And I certainly can't do anything about it mm. at one in the morning. So <laughs> just just trust in God's promises. And that, that has been mentally help, helpful mm. for me. So... All right, you want to pray, and then we'll yeah. get on out of here. All right. Uh, dear Holy Father, just thank you again for this time that we can uh, gather and uh, dive deeper into your word. Uh, thank you for those uh, promises and uh, that you offer and um, help us to constantly be um, reading your word and um, building our trust and our faith in you because you are the Savior. You are the one. You've conquered everything. You conquered death. There's nothing for us to do. You've done it all. You paid the price. Um, and we just need to put our trust in you and, and follow you and your son. 
help us to always uh, bring uh, honor and glory to your name in all that we do and say. Help us to be uh, the light. Help us to be available uh, to share that light to others. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.